Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Kelsey and Jordan on board from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. We've got, uh, well, show and tell coming up just a few seconds. Uh, but we were talking earlier in the program about the FBI uh, sending out notices that they, they're going to be coming to the sheriff's departments uh, across the state to try to get information on concealed carry permit holders. Uh, we read uh, Eric Schmidt, Attorney General's uh, letter. Uh, now we get this from Randolph County. The Randolph County Sheriff's Office will not be sharing any CCW records with the federal government. As your sheriff, I will always protect your Second Amendment rights. Signed, Sheriff Wilson. Really good sign. Uh, also, uh, we were talking just before the break about uh, California and Governor Newsom and signing this this uh, new uh, piece of legislation for gun dealers. Uh, the new uh, the new code is, in reality, a list of demands for gun manufacturers, distributors, and retailers. Seems designed to produce lawsuits rather than increase public safety. A lot of incredibly vague language about the industry having to establish and enforce, quote, reasonable controls over the downstream use of their products, which is problematic enough, as well as subjective standards for whether or not a firearm should be considered abnormally dangerous. Um, quoting from the legislation, a firearm industry member shall not manufacture, market, import, offer for wholesale or offer for retail sale a firearm-related product that is, quote, abnormally dangerous and likely to create an unreasonable risk of harm to public health and safety in California. For the purposes of this subdivision, uh, the following shall apply. A firearm-related product shall not be considered abnormally dangerous and likely to create an unreasonable risk of harm to public health and safety based on its inherent capacity to cause injury or lethal harm. And what the hell does this mean? I, it literally, it is, it's word salad. That way you can leave it up to them to decide yeah. after the fact. When yes. Monday morning quarterback and everything. Yes. Yep. Yep. So if, if you sell a firearm to somebody and uh, they go off the deep end uh, a month, two months, six months, a year later, you should have known. Uh, and, and then you're the one who has to pay the legal bills and uh, try and protect yourself and your business. This is just a way to drive gun dealers out of the state of California. When you, when you can't go directly after something because the legislator or the courts are not on your side, you have to just tune up regulation to make it so expensive that it just can't happen. Yep. Um, all right, listen, it's, uh, it's time for my favorite part of the program, show and tell. And uh, we've got a 12-gauge browning. Yeah, Fred, do you, you want to talk about Fred. it? <laughs> oh, my Fred now? <laughs> I don't know my own name. No, um, so this is a little bit different than what we normally bring, um, mostly because we don't ever get these. But this is a Browning Superposed. So for our shotgunny listeners. Um, shotgunny listeners? Well, you know, there's people that walk in and they immediately recognize it for what it is. And there's people that walk in and go, wow, that's pretty. What is it? Um, uh, attention shotgunny listeners. Yes. Uh, so this thing, um, the cool thing about the superposed, this is arguably one of the best shotguns ever built when it comes to over-under shotguns. These things are nigh on indestructible. They are extremely 
ergonomic would be a good way to put it. Um, I can shoulder this gun actually fairly decently, which is surprising because I'm not a large human. I am slightly vertically challenged. Um, it is a trap version. So this is actually a Diana grade Broadway trap gun. Um, so for those that may not know exactly what that means, this is a hand engraved 1963 Belgium built shotgun. Um, it has the engraver's signature on it, all good superposed will. Um, it is a 32 inch barrel, if I remember correctly, 32 inch over under, uh, choked in full and improved modified. So this is most definitely a trap gun. What's, Look at the engraving it, detail on this thing. So with the Diana grade, they did several different grades. Um, they did lightning grades. They did pointer grade. They did Diana grade. So the Diana grade is like the second, if I remember correctly, the second highest grade of engraving um, that was widely offered on the super post. So the easiest way to tell if it's a Diana grade is actually what is engraved on the gun. So one side you have ducks, one side you have pheasants, you have a rabbit on the trigger guard. Um, that's your Diana grade. But this thing is gorgeous. Um, this is a very, very, very good example of what this gun should be. Um, has a little love on the wood. It's been shot. It's been hunted with. So I would not, you know, fault somebody that wanted to go use it as a trap gun or a pheasant gun or something like that. But it is absolutely fantastic um as far as examples go you i mean you literally have to get up close and look at the engraving on this thing it is intricate it is really fabulous well and, and you being, know sorry the fact, the fact that it's been used gives it that prominence prominence that uh, a lot of collectors uh, look for well and you can actually shoot this gun and not feel bad about it that's you know we see so many examples online bringing high dollar but most people don't ever want to take that out and use it. Um, it's going to sit in a presentation case. They're going to go, look what I have. Don't touch it. You know, like it to me, this is that happy middle ground of, you know, excellent metal condition, very good wood condition, but it's been shot. Go shoot it. Go enjoy it for what it is. Don't just stare at it. Um, yeah. And for being, you know, like I said, this is a 1963 model. This gun was hand engraved. The engraving on this particular gun um, is still extremely, extremely crisp. Very good detail. Very well preserved for what it is. Yeah, you might think that from handling it, it, it might have smoothed out. But it, it really shows some incredible detail. That would, not only would you have fun with it, but you could then uh, come home and, uh, and hang it up over the fireplace. Right. Uh, provided you have an alarm system in the house, because uh, somebody might want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that is really, really nice. All right, listen, I'm up against the clock, but we got a couple of other uh, firearms to talk about. Uh, there's a Glock in the house, and we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you on board with us. Uh, we got uh, Kelsey and uh, Jordan in from Powderhorn Guns and Archery, and uh, they brought in a Glock. And I got a question about this, and I'll, I'll get to it in just a minute. But let's talk about the Glock. Kelsey? Uh, okay, so this is <laughs> almost a Gucci Glock. Um, it's a 43X, so this is the concealed carry size gun. But it is one of their special offerings, one of their colorful guns. Um, they call this the Glocks and Roses, so it's etched with paisley and flowers and all this stuff. It's kind of girly, but kind of not. Um, but it's in a color called Black Cherry, 
which is a dark, like, magenta color. Um, Deep wine or something like that. This is probably one of our better-selling pretty Glocks that we get. So we get multiple colors. We also have a teal one right now. Um, But this thing is really, really cool. I don't don't like colorful guns. Thank you, because that's where I'm going. I just don't. I never have. um, If I do, it's tan. I have a weird thing for, like, the flat, dark earth. Don't quit shaking your head. Don't hate the player, baby. Hate the game. I can't help it. Um, (laughs) I'm slightly different. My guns need to be different. Um, I have a weird thing for tan guns, but normally I don't do pretty guns because I tear stuff up. But this is nice. Let's quantify that with you. Is that your your Joe Biden? Yeah. (laughs) This is nice. (laughs) I was sniffing it when I said that. (laughs) Oh, 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 yes. (laughs) Sorry. You, You don't do pretty semi automatics. I think that's where we're going with stuff like this. Right. You're, I don't, you're going I don't from do pretty, pretty revolvers carry guns. Yeah. A lot of us will do. And then you start coming over something like this, give a little character. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those, like, we get a lot of women, especially, that want something different because all 43Xs look the exact same. But this kind of gets you into that pretty gun vibe without being hot pink or <laughs> yeah. turquoise or, like, purple. White. You know, white. Well, this is- white. Yeah. You know, I think what the gun manufacturers are trying to do is cater to women, but it almost feels insulting to me. The last one of these we sold was to a man, and it was for himself. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, but it almost feels like you'll you'll like it if it's pretty. And there's some women that do. <laughs> well, how do you like all the cars you've had? Why did you buy those, Gary? Because they were manly they, looking. They were Pretty. They weren't pretty. They were manly, <laughs> like their owner. No, I don't know. It just seems, you know, the it, one car manufacturer in the 1950s, I think it was DeSoto, made a car that was for women. And it was about the color of this uh, firearm. And it was, and it was, I think it was called a lady something. I, I can't remember the details. Of it. it didn't last. Um, I think one or two years and they quit making it. Um, it, 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 it just seems like, I don't know, almost insulting. It, it is and it but, isn't. But what's, what's the difference between that and the brownie? Well, that's pretty because it's pretty. This is pretty because <laughs> it's... That, that's a whole different ballgame. You know what? If it makes you feel good and you like it, that Exactly. It. And mm. if it gets more women into it, I don't care. I don't care if they want a hot pink gun or rose gold or silver with purple engraving. Like, I don't care. <laughs> But this one is not as offensive <laughs> as some of the others have been. So you do find that some of them get a little... Oh, well, okay, like when Taurus brought out the curve. Yeah. You was, remember that? That, that was, was marketed weird. for women and the whole gun was, like, curved? Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. Supposed to fit to a hip. Yeah. 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 It, one, it didn't, and two, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a pretty pew-pew that, you know, even I can get behind, and I'm not... Yeah, know. yeah. All okay, right. Well. So I'll get you. I'll get you two of those, <laughs> and then you can get some nice leather holsters. I was talking to Gary, oh. not you. I'm gonna get Larry, him with two matching like leather kind of sling holsters, like you'd have for revolvers. He needs an ankle holster. You'd have one. one of those on each side. Uh, no, I the mean, ankle holster. Gucci. I don't even know why. We'll get I don't you a belly band. Anybody would own an ankle holster. We'll get you a belly band. <laughs> some people can still reach their toes, I guess. Well, it's just why are you looking at me? I can't. <laughs> You should be able to. They're so oh. close. Hey. <laughs> it's your height. Short I mean, joke. It's, a, <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. I hope they're not carrying uh, any guns with ammo. Uh, all right. So 
But wait, there's more. That's not the only firearm. But wait, there's uh, more. You got a CZ here. I do. So this is a P10F. Nothing crazy about the gun per se, but CZ is actually offering a rebate. Um, it started at the beginning of July. It is running through, I believe, the end of September. Um, and it's a $50 rebate on any P10, P07, or P09, if I remember right. I have a picture. Basically, any of their polymer frame guns. Um, not limited to size, not limited to, you know, tactical versus not. You know, it, it can be any of them. Um, and the one we have here today is the P10F, which is the full size. Um, think Glock 17 for comparison's sake. But these things fit more hands, Back more shooting styles. Yeah, yeah than, than the Glocks do. It's yeah. not a square. There's some angles to it. That I've shot a couple of these, and even, you know, for a relatively high bore axis gun, these things are very, very, very pleasant to shoot. Okay. And, and these will be available uh, at uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery uh, shortly after 10 this Correct. morning. Did, now, uh, on the... Uh, the rose gun, that's the only one you have, or do you have others in stock? That is the only black cherry I have. Like I said, we also have a, a teal. I think yeah. I got yelled at for calling it teal, actually, at mm -hmm. an AccuSport show several years ago. Um, yeah. It's Tiffany blue. Yeah. You Tiffany know. blue. Yes. I got Ooh. I got reprimanded by the representative there for Glock for calling it teal. So. <laughs> huh. Jordan, you got one that color? No, but I would. It would clash with his hair. It, it was, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, this is a mean crowd my, this morning. I think my wife I think my wife even likes that one. I, I'd like to have one, so. There you go. Maybe there someday go. when inflation goes down. <laughs> yeah. And that shotgun. Wow. That, yeah. I mean, the, the intricacies of that carving. Um, and the fact that it's been used and you can use it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would not hesitate on that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's actually... All right, I confess that I would I would argue that shotgun is pretty. There you go, and All it's right. one fifteen years. I've been doing this fifteen years. That's the first Diana grade we've had come through six different locations. So, and this is only the second superposed we've had in ten yeah. years. It's, maybe? it's rare to find those. You gotta when you find them. If you want them, you gotta buy them. Wow, there's not many of them floating around out there. It is nice. Uh, Reason Magazine: A new report casts doubt on the assumption that gun law violators are a public menace. The vast majority of federal firearms offenses involve illegal possession, often without aggravating condition, uh, conduct uh, or a history of violence. A new report on federal firearms offenses shows the vast majority involve illegal possession without aggravating circumstances or a history of violence. The data undermine the assumption that people who violate gun laws are predatory uh, predatory uh, criminals who pose a serious threat to public safety. They also highlight the uh, racially disproportionate impact of such laws, which is especially troubling given their excessive breadth. Uh, in fiscal year 2021, the U.S. Sentencing and uh, Commission reports 89% of federal firearms offenders were legally disqualified from owning a gun, typically because of a felony record. Half of those cases involved aggravating criminal conduct, but in the other half, the defendant's status as a prohibited person solely formed on the basis of the conviction. The aggravating conduct, which triggered 
uh, sentencing enhancements under uh, uh, guidelines uh, cover a wide range. Uh, in 11%, the cases involve aggravating uh, conduct. Uh, an offender or co-participant discharged a firearm. In 4% of the cases where a gun was fine, uh, fired, someone was killed. Someone was injured in 18% of the cases. Some cases involved a stolen gun, a gun with an altered or obliterated serial number, or prohibited weapons such as machine gun or sawed-off shotgun. Some defendants were engaged in gun trafficking. In more than a quarter of the cases, the firearm facilitated or had the potential to facilitate another felony offense, most commonly drug trafficking. The last category would include drug dealers who never threatened or injured anyone but kept or carried guns for self-defense. Sometimes uh, we write laws that create criminals. Instead of criminal behavior being corrected by law or kept in check by law, we write laws that create criminals. And I think the drug war is one of the uh, one of those uh, laws that create criminals uh, and end up, uh, you know, with, you know, these cascading pathologies. If we could just get the government to quit protecting me from my own decisions... Well, it, 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 you're not wrong. But, Gary, you're you're getting up there in age, and I don't know if you can make the correct decisions for yourself anymore, buddy. I don't think 39 <laughs> is really all that uh, that up there in age, you know. I'm, Are you I'm talking just... the first time or the second time you turned 39? <laughs> well, I, I've got a couple more years before I can uh, c come up with the second time. Oh, okay. But, but, but I'm still dashingly handsome, even at my age. That's true, buddy. And you would look so much better with this black cherry. <laughs> I mean, wow. Just you know, in, you in three weeks, uh, you got three weeks, Kelsey, <laughs> to bring somebody else in with you. Because Jordan's out now. <laughs> Me and Fred are gone. Yeah, you and Fred. Are, well, actually, Fred is in. You're out. <laughs> All right. Gun Owners of America is suing New York. We'll get to that next. I'm Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. And uh, we've got uh, Kelsey and Jordan on board uh, from uh, Powderhorn Guns and Archery. And we talked about California's legislation because uh, everybody's trying to get around the Bruin decision. Uh, and uh, Bearing Arms writes that instead of complying with that decision, the Assembly and Senate in New York, with the governor's glowing approval, have promulgated several blatantly unconstitutional new infringements of the enumerated right to keep and bear arms. Uh, among the objections listed in the lawsuit that uh, they're, they're bringing against the state are New York's good moral character standard, which, as uh, a, a, Attorney uh, Stephen Stambrula points out, is just as subjective and arbitrary as the justifiable need provision that was ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court. The suit also takes issue with other demands of applicants that, quote, represent gross infringements of applicants' First Amendment rights, in addition to infringing on their right to keep and bear arms. For example, demanding the names and contact information, presumably from interrogations by licensing authorities, of relatives, cohabitants, uh, and, and cohabitants, uh, which violates the First Amendment right of association, along with 
uh, anonymity rights of those who don't want to be contacted by government officials. Demanding a list of and potentially access to some vague class of, quote, social media accounts of the applicant in order to issue a permit to carry a concealed weapon requires disclosure uh, protected uh, by First Amendment speech and press as a condition of exercising another protected constitutional right. Next, applicants have to pro uh, provide four character references to the government as a condition of exercising a Second Amendment right. Unsurprisingly, the constitutional rights are not predicated upon what others think about you or conditioned on having friends who will agree to stand up to government interrogation and scrutiny or retaliation in order to help another person obtain a carry license. Notwithstanding that, those who do not have four character references presumably will be unable to exercise their Second Amendment rights. I mean, they are really, Jordan, going out of their way to make the Second Amendment uh, a, a privilege instead of a right in New York in spite of the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, I think this will go through court again and it will be turned over again. But in the meantime, and then when they turn it over again, what are they going to do? They're going to write another set of laws. And that will continue in perpetuity until, well, who knows? <laughs> Forever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume. I mean, that is absolutely the way it's going to work. They're not going to accept uh, what they don't want, which is they don't want the guns. They're not going to accept it, and they will just keep writing the laws. It'll go to court. Who knows if there'll be a stay? I, I don't know if there is in the meantime um, on those orders going into effect. But uh, it'll take years to get through court. And maybe they'll just wait until finally you have a, a liberal court. I hate even calling things like liberal and conservative. But if you move to a liberal court, maybe they're just going to wait for that 20 years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now until someone backs them again and uh, they can have those laws. I think, Kelsey, that this is going to be this. The, uh, these gun laws are going to be a revolving door to the Supreme Court for years to come, just like Jordan said. And it's going to be knocking down one, here comes another, knock it down, here comes another, as they try relentlessly to eviscerate the Second Amendment. Well, and eventually they'll find some that will stick. You That's know, and scary. I, well, exactly. And then they'll just keep pushing for more and more and more. And yeah, it'll it'll drag out for years <laughs> and years and years and years, like it has in the past. So there are some upsides to having uh, some of these cases, yeah. uh, and I look forward to this. And I'll, I'll tell you what I what I think. I believe that what the uh, what they essentially said in Bruin is that I have a constitutional right. I know this sounds like really weird language. Probably nobody familiar with it. But I have a constitutional right to carry my gun with me. Ergo, there shouldn't be any infringement from the state. So if I want to carry my gun when I'm walking down the dangerous streets of Chicago, even if I'm from Missouri, I should have that right. And I think that's going to end up back at the Supreme Court. Somebody's going to challenge that. They're going to, somewhere along the line, they'll be in Washington, D.C. or New York or somewhere carrying a gun. Uh, and and the, they'll, they'll be charged with illegal possession. And they're going to go, no, 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 I have a right. The Constitution says so. The Supreme Court in Bruin said so. You can't prohibit me. And that that will give 
if the decision goes right, all 50 states will have to uh, allow concealed carry, no matter whether you have a permit from that state or not. Right. I, I don't see how that how it can mean anything else. That's that's yeah. you know we've been trying to get reciprocity um, for all uh, for all the states for you know probably eight or ten years that I know of, and this this might be the way to get there. It just. I think they will continuously tie it back up in courts as soon as you get something. And those prosecutors in New York are smart enough to know that if you end up arresting and charging a Joe Schmo that's a normal guy for that, and you feel like this is going to be the guy that's going to argue that you wrote him and argue that it is against the Constitution that you did it, the beauty of that is they get to drop charges and make it a lot harder for you to have standing in a courtroom to be able to take it all the way. Those prosecutors have so much ability to do things like that. Didn't they just try to do that with this decision? I mean, they uh, they tried to say, you know, no, we're going to back away. Yep. We're uh, it's moot, uh, but the court took it on anyway. Yep. So i uh, i would I would think that that would uh, but, be the way it uh, it goes in the gosh, future. It's not their money, but it sure makes them famous where they're from to just keep fighting and writing new laws and fighting and writing new laws, and it doesn't cost them a dime. So why would they ever stop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you You're, cut off the money, if you cut off the money, you'll figure it out. You'll get them to stop. So you you need to support Gun Owners of America, the National Rifle Association, uh, and, uh, and and places like that because they will squirt, you know, they'll, they'll funnel that money into those defenses uh, to protect these people. Yeah. But you, but you make a really valid point, Jordan. They, they can... Write all the laws, file all the laws. They do all the criminal stuff they want. They never run out of money. That's correct. Because they don't ask for it. They demand it. And interestingly, in this case, they ultimately, if you refuse them, will demand it at gunpoint. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it weird? The circle we go in. Isn't it, though? I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you don't pay. They, they want to take stuff. You tell them, no, you can't. They're going to say, well, we're coming, and they're going to bring guns with them. And they'll take it. And then they'll use that money to make your life miserable. <sighs> and yet, it's still the best place in the world to live. If you could just fix that, that'd be great, Gary. <laughs> you know what? I'll do that, that. You know what? It doesn't before have to be Monday's show. Okay, perfect. I'll fix that for you. <laughs> no problem. Um, and I also think that the whole uh, BATF ought to disappear. I, I, I don't think they have a constitutional right to exist. And I get excited when I think about this uh, because I'm looking at the makeup of the Supreme Court and, you know, things like this could be challenged and and they could win. Most of these bureaus that we have, most of these federal agencies that, that we have, have come about since 1937. And that's, you know, that's when the, the Supreme Court leaned to the left from there forward. It hasn't been center or center right until just the last year or two. So, all and every one of them has been challenged at, at their inception, and the Supreme Court is has leaning left has said, "Yeah, that's okay." Somewhere along the line, somebody might challenge the existence of BATF, and the Supreme Court might just say, "You know, you're right. Congress writes the laws, not them." We'll see, because uh, they they've also uh, there was a recent decision dealing with the Environmental Protection Agency 
and uh, it, it was sort of raining in these big bureaus, uh, and who knows? We could be... Yeah, we've shifted to letting them write all the laws because our legislators refuse to actually get things done, and so you can pass that buck on down to the bureaus and just make them write rules and regs, and then you don't have to do anything as a Congress. Yeah, well, not only that, but you can't be held accountable. That's right. Keep They're someone destroying... between you and the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't write that law. They did. It's yeah. not me. Don't come after me. <laughs> all right. We're going to come back and wrap it up. You're listening to Gary on Gun. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. And uh, before we get out of the uh, hour here, we will review the firearms brought in for uh, show and tell. Uh, Kelsey is uh, in along with Jordan from Powderhorn Guns and Archery. But I want to talk holsters for a minute because we brought this up earlier in the in the program rather humorously. Uh, we talked uh, about this uh, ankle holster thing. And it's it seems to me to be one of the most inconvenient holsters uh, that that that's made. Um, do you guys, you guys actually uh, uh, like ankle holsters? I think it depends on the person. I think if it's a viable option for whoever's looking for it, then I, it, you know, none of my business really. But personally, I don't use them. No. Yeah, I mean, you have to have baggy enough pants or, or yeah. trousers that you can lift them up quickly, and at the same time, you've got to. You know, bend over at the waist in half. You're hard to keep your eye on. Uh, you know, whatever uh, is instigating your reaching for the weapon. Uh, well, where do you keep your third gun? <laughs> and that's at why you need an ankle holster at home in the safe. <laughs> one is none. Two is one. Three is the right amount. But that—that's the, the guys that I knew that actually carried them that had that. That was their third, especially if they're on duty. You had a regular duty weapon. You had a backup, usually somewhere on the chest or in the waist somewhere. And then that was the—that was the tertiary. That was the if you got put in a position for some reason, fighting, grappling, and you you're wrapped up and you can't get to your other ones. Um, that was the the okay. Well, now all of a sudden my leg is the only thing I can reach right here and get to. Boom, that was there. But for regular, just. That's the only gun you carry walking down the street. It does seem weird, but for a long time, you know, if you're wearing dress clothes, that was kind of a... That was it. Uh, if it was just a button-up shirt and a pair of khakis and a belt, um, and you weren't wearing a sport coat and stuff, that was the... It, it was the place to be able to put it where most people couldn't see what you were doing. And I could see, like, office jobs. But if you're seated 90% of your day, I it mean, It takes a long time to get to that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's the problem. It takes a long time to get to it. I need someone to help me lift my leg up to that position <laughs> to get to it. Yeah, don't bend. Just lift your leg to your hand. <laughs> or just fall down and roll over. And, there you and go. Who knows? Maybe you can get Stop, to it. Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah. What about shoulder holsters? I've never had one. I, I never thought they would be easy to conceal, even with a suit. Um, and and it, it's something about I mean, they look cool. I know several people that shoulder holster every day. And do it phenomenally. Yeah, I did a little bit when I was in plain clothes. When I was doing the suit stuff, if I was having to protect somebody, we were doing dignitary protection type stuff. And it worked well for that. I did it a few times when I got dressed up like that. And it was fine, especially if I need to keep my waist free. I was going in and out of yeah. doorways or sitting in small chairs, sitting in little things like that. And you really wanted to keep stuff off your waist. And in hunting scenarios, but, they're very yeah. comfortable. That's a lot of your larger revolvers and stuff like that. If you try to put it on a belt, um, especially if you're hunting like out west where you're walking around with a pack and stuff like that, the shoulder holster is a little bit more comfortable, I think. Um, the problem is most of those don't fit me. <laughs> it's a good place for your second gun. Yeah. Well, we know where two and three go. It, it Doesn't it, uh, it, doesn't it uh, uh, leave an imprint on your suit jacket if you're 
No, mine didn't. Because um, it was now I was usually carrying a Glock 19 uh, in it, so a fairly small gun. It fit pretty much underneath my arm and with a with a standard sport coat on. No, not any more than what uh, a waist would. But that was a comfort thing. And as I was moving around, people, you didn't want your gun constantly. If you're in a position where you didn't want your gun on your hip, constantly you know bumping into people because you were in close quarters and you're going to be brushing with people. That gun is underneath a arm. It's kind of protected. People aren't going to accidentally. So just as a personal protection type thing, it was it was good for that. And then out west, uh, I moved to a chest rig for out west, but that's that's totally different than what we're talking about here. So it's it's a good secondary option if you have to do it. But man, you start changing your your holsters and you have multiple draw positions, you start to mess with your training quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you go reaching for the wrong place. <laughs> I've yep. done that. I've done that off duty when I used to carry in the small of my back. And had to had to reach my weapon off duty, and uh, first place I went was to my hip, and it took a. Now, luckily, I was not faced with an imminent threat to me, but it was one of those that it took a half second, three quarters of a second. You, know, you touched your hip, you went, nope, that's that, not the right spot. <laughs> that makes that that, oh. that could be the difference it, between life and death. If it was a the, direct threat to me, it would have been a problem. The small of the back seems like a really bad idea. Oh, uh, I love it. I, but do I, you really? When I've you sit it. down, I, I've, I've drawn from it ten thousand times now. And, yeah, I can sit on it just fine. Makes I, you have I, good posture. Heck, when I was finishing college, when I was a police officer, that's where it was. And so that's just a that, – that's where I was. And so I've trained for it, and it's it's okay now. Um, had I a chance to redo it, maybe I would. But, heck, I've spent too many times drawing from it to change it now. I would be thinking the moment – you know, if you fall down backwards, <laughs> um, that – that, that lump in the middle yep. of your, in the small of your back? I've done okay with that because we trained falling. We did that a lot. Heck, I just did it on the range a couple weeks ago. Uh, rifle, we had a small of the back area and then a rifle in your hand, and we were, we were falling down and making our shots. But, yeah, you just got to train for it. Wow. Now, when All I right. get to your age, I will change things a little bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Fred is really a better choice. <laughs> he is. Uh, He's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> so are you to throw stones at <laughs> Uh, all right, so well, there's some options. I'm, you know, I may just uh, look into that and, and see. Normally, I'm, uh, you know, the inside of the waistband. Um, Which is a good spot. It really is. It's probably the best. Yeah, it, it works well for me. Uh, and, and the small of the back with a 1911. Yeah, um, that would be. You look like you have that, a tail. You yeah. have something poking you every day. And that's yeah, not what I you're looking for that, in life. <laughs> I don't think that would quite work out. Um and I, and then for women, there's this uh, the flashbang thing. Those are so uncomfortable. Are they really so unrealistic and so uncomfortable? They're awful. You're better off with a belly band or inside the waistband. Or they make um, tank tops now, like running shirts, kind of that yeah. have a little holster under the arm. Those are cool. Those, Those are, are cool. actually really cool. I, I still like my fanny pack too. I'm not gonna lie, because I can carry my sunscreen and a cookie and all sorts of good stuff. It's probably yeah. blue. <laughs> It is blue. <laughs> <laughs> Darn Abbott. But he's got a rose-colored gun, too. That's so right. <laughs> it all works out in the end. All right, very quickly, before we run out of time, uh, tell them about the shotgun very quickly. Uh, Browning, superposed, 1963, hand-engraved, Belgium. Broadway Beautiful. trap. Beautiful. Come Absolutely. By. And usable. Price on request. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got to you got to imagine that that's not going to come uh, very cheaply because no. they just don't. They're not. They're, they're not, not there. exactly ubiquitous. Yeah. They're not there. Uh, then there is the rose colored, the black cherry Glock forty three X in the Glocks and Roses series. Nine uh, millimeter. Yep. Nine millimeter. Yep. Extremely, extremely good carry gun. And nine millimeter is probably what the number one round. Easily. Yes. Yeah. That you that you sell. Yeah. Uh, what would you, what would you say is number two? Twenty two long rifle, like just overall. For pistols, yeah. Yeah, 22 long rifle. 
Really? Yep. I would never have thought that. Yeah. Second for concealed carry would probably be 380. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the final uh, firearm, which is in your favorite color? The CZ P10 full size with a $50 rebate. In flat darker. In flat darker. All right. Head over to Powderhorn Guards and Archery. Pick those up, guys. Thanks for being with us. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Grand baby. I am coming home.